Hi, everybody, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex in the City podcast, where we dive into every episode of Sex in the City, the two movies, and of course, and just like that, I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and as always, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hello. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. January 1st. We're in it. Welcome to 2024. Mm-hmm. Good luck to us all. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I don't want to project too much positivity onto this year because I don't want it to like jinx it. I'm not projecting. But I also don't want to be like a hater. I'm a hater. Okay. (laughs) It's an election year. I know. I know. It's. And caucuses start in 14 days. Oh my God. The The first Republican caucus is on January 15th. I just feel like we're getting fucking railed so, in life. Get excited. Trump is already screaming about not being on ballots. Mm-hmm. He could begin yeah. his slow roll to the nomination in but two weeks. And How if not, exciting. it'll be Nikki Haley who will kill us in other ways. So good luck. Yeah. I just saw a tweet of hers this morning that really was crazy. She was like, why is military sign up down 25%? It's like, sweetie. America. It has a problem. We don't want to get killed in war. It's fucked up. That we keep starting. Like, because nobody wants to die for this fucked up country. Like, yeah. Think about it for one second. You know, you think you come here for sex in the city and what you're really getting is. The political political discourse of two idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How was your New Year's Eve? My New Year's Eve was wonderful. Exactly what I wanted. I went and had lunch with a dear friend. And I enjoy a New Year's Eve hang that begins at 1.30 and is over by 4. Yeah. Turned on Phantom Thread around 6. It wrapped up at 8.30 and then I crawled into bed. That's the dream. Heard those fireworks and just rolled right back over. (laughs) I didn't hear any fireworks last night, which was really shocking. Um, But I was dog sitting my friend's dog. And um, wow, just wow. (laughs) Yeah, I've been dog sitting for two weeks. And I love this dog more than anything that walks God's green earth. (laughs) But when I tell you tomorrow when I bid this dog adieu, I'm going to do like a cartwheel out of this house. Never You're gonna, to like, click him. your heels together. <laughs> Never to see him again for a full year. It's just he, like, he is precious. But it's just so cold outside. I'm tired. And like, I love a good walk. But like walking dogs is not within my ministry. It's so boring. <laughs> it takes so long. It, 15 minutes can feel like seven hours. Oh, I know. When I walk Ruby and I come back in the house, I'm like, I was gone for an hour. It's like, oh, wait, I was, was out 20 for 20 minutes. minutes? Yeah. I'm Crazy. like, it took me 20 minutes to walk a block and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do it. So I don't, I hope he doesn't hear me. Uh, the other day when we were recording, it was really cute. He popped his little head over the couch and I could see him. Yeah. You, uh, wonderful for you to talk about a visual that no one can see. I, I just described it. <laughs> Um, and wonderful for us to be talking about this dog no one can see, you know, <laughs> the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, welcome to the new year. Thank you to all the listeners who put up with our chaotic schedule. I know we promised we would wrap the original run of Sex and the City up in 2023. But things descended upon our households that just, 
you know, threw a wrench in the proceedings. So here we are carrying the show into 2024, but we are done. The great experiment is almost over. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it can't come a second sooner. If I have never to watch this show again, I'll be a happy camper. I, you know how HBO does that thing where it's like. Watch the next episode. Uh huh. I was so happy not to see that at the end of this one. <laughs> I know. And there are sometimes there like, are some episodes where I'm like, "Ooh, I kind of want to, but I can't." I I need a I need space from it. Yeah, and of course, you know, next week we are rolling right into the movie, so that feels like a different beast. Yeah, Another that's a whole different animal. <laughs> It, and and guys, I know this was actually a question that someone asked me on Instagram when I was doing some questions of like, how do I feel about the original series now? And maybe we can both answer this. I, you know, they say, if you want to kill what you love, study it. Mm. And I feel that that is what we've done with this show. We have beaten it to a pulp, like a dead horse. And at some point, I do need to get up and go get my Barbra Streisand notebook because I did take copious notes about this episode and it's in the kitchen. Um, so we'll see how that works. I'll just leave you here ranting for a moment. Okay. But wow, do I need a break from these gals. Yeah, that... Or maybe I, I need to go back to day one, but I, I need to get out of season six. That's for damn sure. I just feel like this season has been interminable. Like just going on and these on twenty episodes, and, and I know, like, and technically, I know we took ten weeks off to cover and just like that, so it's really been thirty weeks. And we also were sick for a while, so that's added weeks. So basically, I feel like we've been covering season six for a full year. I honestly feel like we have, <laughs> and it's just. You know, I still love this show. I can't wait to talk about this episode and wrap the show up. But, yeah, I need some distance from the girls. I need some distance. Um, I think as far as the finale goes, I think it's really well done. But, like, the season has had a lot of highs and lows. Yeah, so that's sort of where I am. Like, the fact Burger was this season is mind-blowing. Yeah, I can't. The fact that, but I do feel good that we did it. You know, we watched 92 episodes of this show across three networks, <laughs> multiple different streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. HBO Max has come and gone. Mm-hmm. Two seasons of And Just Like That have aired. We've met new ladies and characters. Mm-hmm. Che Diaz has entered our lives. Mm-hmm. Did we get a new president or while we did this? Was was Trump president when we started this? No, because... Stop. Hmm. When did we start? No, this? Biden was new. Okay. <laughs> so like, I it was like his first year. Yeah, so like we've come and gone. We're now, we're now exiting his presidency. Well... We... Well, that's not... Well, also, I mean, there was a global pandemic. Predict, hope I didn't predict anything there. Well, that was before we started. We were right, vaccinated. Right, but it was 2021 was still like... Yeah, I think the global pandemic weird. is over the moment I was vaccinated. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's when I was safe for the people who chose to be idiots and not get vaccinated. Mm. 
good luck on you. Yeah. And I, honestly, when people tell me they have COVID now, I'm like, why do you t- no? Go, you have the flu. Just leave me alone. Yeah, just leave me alone. I don't even I can't let take that in. I'm like moved on to the next pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. wow. But to be finished. We've lived a life. To be done. And so thank you all for listening, for putting up with us, mm-hmm. for understanding, and for um, not being too angry when we needed to take breaks, and also being very angry when we didn't like this show. <laughs> yeah. Because I got somebody yeah. in my DMs recently like, it's breaking my heart that you all don't like the first part of the finale. And I said, it's just our opinion. You can, you can like you it. You can love it. You know, doesn't work as a standalone. I didn't enjoy it. Mm -mm. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. No. Wow. I just like it's really interesting that this is it. Like this is. We're not covering the show anymore. We're now, you know, entering the two movies. So next week we're going to begin covering the Mm -hmm. first movie. I was thinking we should split it up, but then I was like, you know, I don't really know that we need to do multiple episodes on it. On the movies? Yeah, because we might be able to just, because if you really think about it, if we use the same format of like talking about the storyline of each woman, you can get Mm -hmm. through Charlotte in about five seconds. She shuts her pants. You can get through Samantha in about two. Mm -hmm. you carry a miranda you're gonna get a little bit more meat in your bones so we'll see but having watched it on my birthday with a friend i was sort of like oh well this should be actually easier to talk about and there's also no like clear-cut place to just say like here is the middle part of this movie because the Mm -hmm. mexicoma is about one third into the movie yeah, it happens a lot quicker than I the remember. The halfway point of the movie is really the brown hair. And then after that, nothing really. It's just a delusion to just. She's visited by that ghost. So I don't know. We'll see if we can cover it in one. Mostly. I think we can. Because I don't want to do two. <laughs> no, I think we can. I think we can do And one. we can cover the second one in like a coda. That'll be just like five seconds. We say that. I don't even really remember the second one other than the musical moments. So I am excited to revisit it. I can only think of them singing I Am Woman and then Liza. Mm. Mm. I unfortunately remember a lot of it. And then a lot of jokes about Paula Abdul and like hummus. Mm. Thoughts and prayers with Paula right now. Yeah, that's dark-sided. I don't know why you brought us there. I'm just, I want to send her support and love. Yeah, sending her a lot of light. Straight yeah. up, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're gonna... I don't know. Well, hold on. Before we promise this, let me see if this is streaming. Because I'm not paying one cent for the Carrie Diaries. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> if it's not streaming somewhere, we're not covering it. So I have a dear friend. Two dear friends. It's No, it's covering... Who... It's streaming on something called... Oh, wait. It's simply free on the CW.com. No. Yeah, you can just click on it and hit play. For whole episodes? Now, hold on a second. Yeah. Whole episodes. No, Chris. The CW.com. Yeah, I'm watching the episodes loading right now. It's just, there it is. It's, wow. Never heard of that, where it's just like, here we go. We don't give a fuck. We're just giving it away for free. 
thoughts. <laughs> now, hmm. Now, let hmm. me read you the description of the pilot of the Carrie Diaries. Please. After a summer of grieving, Carrie starts a junior year with old friends, a new crush, and an internship in Manhattan. Is this in Just Like That? <laughs> Wait. What the fuck? exactly like the pilot of it, Just Like That. What the? Who's she grieving? I don't know. Her uh, maybe a parents? parents? Hmm. I'm going to be shocked. Okay, I've got an Olive Garden commercial going. Yeah, whole episode. So, guys, we will be covering the pilot episode of The Carrie Diaries. Just to drop in and see what the fuck that could have been. I think it's crazy Austin Butler is in this show. I think it's crazy it happened and that it aired on The CW. And that it's now for free on TheCW.com. What did it come from? Just the, the imagination mi- the of someone <laughs> mad? Who who made the show? Like, Michael Patrick King wasn't involved. I can't imagine he was, or he'd talk about it more, wouldn't he? Okay, so here, Carrie Bradshaw is played by someone named Anna Sophia Robb. Yeah. Austin Butler plays a character named Sebastian Kidd. Okay. Now, I'm seeing, huh, uh, the third lead is named Stephanie, oh, wait. Is is played by someone named Stephanie Levy Owen. Now, who do you think she plays? What's her name? Stephanie. Stephanie Levy Owen plays Dorit Bradshaw. No, who the fuck is, is that, that her mother? No, she seems to be a young gal. So Carrie's got a sister named Dorit. Named Dorit. <laughs> Chris, what is this show? Okay, so it's based on a 2010 book of the same name by Candace. What? Carrie Bradshaw, okay, Sebastian Kidd, the handsome, mysterious, new... What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I'm still stuck on the fact it's on the CW.com for free. And that it's literally the plot of and Just Like That. That's wild. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I have two friends that I respect and love dearly, and they love this show. I, I've never seen a frame except for what I just never. saw one second of. Right. So, you know, so we've got about three or four more weeks of Sex in the City content before we transition into what is going to be the new podcast in 2024. It'll still be under the auspice of shortcomings, but it will be covering other things. And mm-hmm. that's coming later. Bonus episodes are back if you're over on Patreon. Um, so please, if you'd like to support us, You can do that. You get bonus episodes, Zoom calls, extra content. Um, Maybe we'll be adding some stuff in 2024 based off of what people want. If you have Mm -hmm. any suggestions, if you're a current patron and you want something from us, please let us know. Tell us. We've got a little bit of bandwidth when we're not dying. (laughs) If we're Mm -hmm. we're not sick, we can do more. Right. We just have been sick for what feels like months. But if we are, we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so, Chris, you recorded fresh off getting your pins put in. I have recorded this podcast basically dying with 18 cups of tea next to me and like d- dragged myself out of bed in my nightgown with like snot coming out of my nose <laughs> at 6 a.m. because mm-hmm. I didn't want to get messages saying, where's the podcast? Because I find those right. more distressing. Mm-hmm. When we don't record, I have to basically turn my phone off out of guilt. Yeah. 
It's stressful. It's so please, I we give it to you people the best we can. Mm-hmm. We should now sure we do. of course want to thank our iconic shorties. Here we go. Haven't done this in a minute. Margarita, Gina, Carlos, Lauren, Christina, Kimberly, Kate, Ainsley, Jenny, Stacy, Laura, Charlotte, Taylor, Alexandra, Dana, Laura, Lee, Claire, Allie, Jen, Caitlin, Lindsay, Casey, Gloria, Justine, Alexandra, Trench Ghoul, Grace, Rachel, Emma, Allison, Haley P, Haley D, Claire, Haley M, Erica, Avita, Emerly, and Holly. Thank you all so much. We appreciate your support. You help keep this podcast afloat and a going. And we're excited to see where Shortcomings goes in 2024. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. We'll have an anniversary, I'm sure, this year. We'll hit some milestones. Yeah, the three-year anniversary. Yeah, we'll have a three-year anniversary. I can't. I don't know how many episodes this is between extras we've done, but I'll check that. I'm. We'll probably hit... 200 this year? Are we over 100? We have to be. I feel like we're at like seven. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like we're either at 10 or... We're either 10 or or 1 million. Yeah. Not including bonus episodes, of course. All right, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, here it is. For the last time, a Sex and the City original series episode... We are today covering Season 6, Episode 20, An American Girl in Paris, Part 2. We'll start with a little episode synopsis. Carrie attempts to adjust to life in Paris and Alex's shadow. Miranda's domestic life is shaken up. Samantha's lost her first love. And Charlotte and Harry finally get their happy ending. So... We've got an episode that really, I mean, in and of itself, really, is just wrapping up all of the gals. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of good closure. Well, we can discuss whether or not it's good closure. It's closure. <laughs> closure. I guess not really, because okay. we've reopened the book. Hmm. That's not on everybody. <laughs> hmm. You are correct. But I feel like for Charlotte, yeah. I felt closure. Um. Well, you know, well now, but again, we're reopened, you know, she's dealing with all new stuff. Next season, mm-hmm. we got to say goodbye to Lily. That's going to be tough. Yeah, she's going to have our time. Um, So I think as we just go through the episode, let's make sure we're discussing how each girl's ending sort of ties to where we met them in our first episode when we first, you know, got them and we saw Charlotte in her little glasses and said like, single gal, art dealer. <laughs> Yeah, and Brianna ate that salad. With her chicken wings in it. Mm-hmm. Purer, easier times. Yeah, easy breezy. Younger days. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Charlotte. Um, she's bopping around, shopping with Anthony, and discussing the potential adoption of a baby. And the main thing I want to discuss is, again, here's Anthony. No Stanford in this finale. Where is he? I don't know. And I think... What an impact Willie Garson had to barely be on this show. He's... That is, like, probably one of my biggest takeaways. takeaways Is, like, oh, he really wasn't in the show that much. Not at all. Will you remember for a second while I go get my notebook? Yeah. Okay. I just remember him really playing such a bigger role on this show... 
And to see Anthony, to see so much Anthony, and he's not the first person I think of when I think of like Harry's friend or Charlotte's friend, even like I think of Stanford. So I don't know. It's, it's really, he really made an impact. He really did. And I don't know how much longer I can talk to myself. Okay. It's back. All right, shorties. I'm back. Sorry to have left you alone with her. Was it worthwhile? No, (laughs) I was like, Anthony, Anthony, Stanford. Just again and again and again. Just again and again. Oh, so now here we go, actually. Before we get into this episode, I had notes that I wanted to talk about before that. Oh, okay. This is why the notebook's important. Interesting, this episode is not directed by Michael Patrick King. Hmm. It is written by him. Now, it is directed by a man named Tim Van Patten. Now, he has directed multiple episodes of The Sopranos, and they brought him in for this. He's also directed only two previous episodes of this show before they entrusted him with the finale. Wow. What episodes would you think he directed from this season? Like, what are the ones you think he would have really shown his um, prowess for them to be like, okay, he's great. Yeah, I can trust him. Yeah. Is there, like, a... What story do you think he captured? Because I was shocked. I think he probably did the wedding. No. Buffy's wedding. Buffy. Bitsy. Well, that was season five. It was? Yeah, that's the finale of season five. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, So didn't do that. Who? Which ones did he do, Chris? He directed Boy Interrupted, the one with David Duchovny. Mm. And a woman's right to shoes. Two filler episodes, if there ever were. What? <laughs> they saw those two. Fill- he did a woman's right to shoes, and they said hire him for the finale. They said get him. Isn't that crazy? That is the Sopranos and two filler episodes of the show, and they were like, get him for the finale. And I don't know. And Michael Patrick King, by the way, at this point was directing episodes. Like it wasn't like he didn't direct. He's won an Emmy for directing the show before and was like, I don't, like, I'm not touching the finale. Wow. Get, That's actually really crazy. Get Timmy Van Patten. Is Timmy Van Patten related to Eileen Davidson's husband? I, I don't even know Eileen Davidson's husband's name. Remember his Jimmy Van Patten or something? He's like part of like the dynasty of the Van Patten family. The only Van Patten I know is Tim Van Patten. Oh. Who are the other Van Pattens? I know she's related to John Slattery. Is no, he a Van Patten? Let me look. Actually, I think his right. wife might be a Van Patten. Who? John Slattery. John Slattery's wife, who is also an actress. Yeah, Vincent Van Patten. Who the hell is that? That's Eileen's husband? husband. You just said his name was John. I thought it was. Or Jimmy. Oh, his siblings are James and Nels, so no. Who the fuck are they? I don't know. But Dick Van Patten was his dad, and he was like the big, big shot in Hollywood. Who's that? He... (laughs) It's like, he's Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) I thought it would like ring more of a bell for you Oh, wait, isn't this the dad from Mary Poppins? It's the dad, uh, he was on Eight is Enough... I've never seen an Spaceballs. That's definitely the dad from Mary Poppins, isn't it? 
He looks like the dad from Mary Poppins. Wait, Tim Van Patten is the half brother of Dick. Who's that? The dad from Mary Poppins. No, bro. does the dad from Mary no. Poppins have anything to do with the Van Patten family? Mm-mm. I don't believe so. Let me look. Yeah, no, but so Richard Van no, pa- or, David Tomlinson, <laughs> Dick Dick Van Patten is Eileen Davidson's father-in-law. So Tim Van Patten is her uncle-in-law. Tim Van Patten is his half brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh wow, he's related to Talia Balsam. Who the this hell is, is a that? dynasty. Talia Balsam is um, <laughs> she is um the sister in The Godfather. I can't remember her name right now. Oh, okay. Um, wow, what a family! Oscar nominee. Wait, did I make that up? Mm. Hmm, hmm. Doesn't seem to be on her. Hmm. You think that would be maybe top? <laughs> you think that would be no? Who? Hmm. 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 hmm think that would be right up there wouldn't you mm-hmm. well, who's joyce van patten what is going on there are a lot of van I'm patten. You, that's what i'm saying like this family All is like a dynasty business? yeah the show business okay talia balsam is the woman who's married to john slattery and has nothing to do with the godfather but she but she but she is related to dick van patten so she is related to, to tim van patten yes and was once married to George Clooney and is now married to John Slattery. And she was on Mad Men. And she was also in Divorce with Sarah Jessica Parker. Now, hold on one second. My brain is exploding. The Godfather cast. <laughs> Talia Shire. No, I was getting it mixed up because her name is Talia Balsam. Talia Shire is from The Godfather and is the mother of Jason Schwartzman, who wrote the theme song to the OC and is also a wow. often collaborator of that man who makes crazy movies like the Grand Budapest Hotel, Wes Anderson. <laughs> what a journey. From wow. Tim Van Patten. She was married to George Clooney and, and she's current, is married to- And is currently married to um, John Slattery. John Slattery. And played his wife on Mad Men, Mona, and she was great on that show. She's also really good on Divorce, a show that is... I liked um, that show. Season one's great, and then it went off the rails and never really was canceled, and I feel like is always threatening to come back. Like, at any point, she could be like, <laughs> throw a sweater on me and somebody call Thomas Hayden Church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, what a... What a journey we just went on. Yeah. Thank you, Barbara Streisand Notebook. <laughs> All right, shall we get back to Charlotte? Mm-hmm. Did you feel you went on your rant enough about um, Anthony and Stanford while I was yes. gone? I do. Did you like the um, sort of beep of Anthony worrying that Charlotte would replace him? And Yeah. And it is nice because it is fun to see him just like that, that he really is Uncle Anthony to the kids <clears throat> and that it, he doesn't sacrifice sort of being his outlandish self around the kids and mm-hmm. and Charlotte doesn't ask him to compromise that version of himself. Remember when he brought a Nazi to dinner? I was just going to say that. It was on the tip of my tongue. What the fuck? That was crazy. Was that season two or one? One. I gotta get my eyes on season one of In Just Like That again. 
<laughs> I feel like I've done enough rewatch of it, but season two, I got to dig back. Never into. again. I mean, I guess I will <laughs> right before season three comes. I don't think I can. Remember, the fact we're not getting it this year is Remember crazy. when Carrie and Aiden were bouncing around Shay's apartment, Airbnb, like two dummies? I sent you the photo of him shirtless the other day. But what was the point of that? Like these two rich people staying in that janky-ass apartment? Uh, he didn't want to stay at her studio? That was... Did because he ever of bad go up memories? There? For the dinner party. No, I don't think he in the came hospital. up. Remember he just threw the little... went And then she went down. He didn't come up? No, I think Kit, her and the kitten went down. Her and Shu. And then they went over to that townhouse, that white monstrosity. (laughs) So bright. All right, so we meet the potential adoptive parents, and wow, 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 did they drag South Carolina to hell with these two two bumpkins. This was no Southern charm. Babadu. Yeah. Now, that woman, no, do you know who that woman was who played... On that that actress, she is Becky Mm-mm. from the original Roseanne. I'm sure that she was on the reboot also. But I saw oh. her and thought, there's a buddy, my old friend from Roseanne. Of course, we don't, Thanks. you know, condone anything Roseanne has said or done. Can you believe that show's still on? That still on? Farm. What do you mean? Like the Connors. Like the, you know how Roseanne came back and then she went, they ignored her racism on Twitter and then she got even more racist and they canceled yeah. it. Well, then yeah. they spun it off and it's called it the Connors and it is still on. No way. I could be making that up, but I swear I saw something <laughs> about it a few days ago. <laughs> like, I, I Laurie remember Metcalf that is, happening. Laurie Metcalf is trapped on that show. <laughs> She's got to get mm. off and try to get back. Well, I don't know if she needs to get back with Greta. Did, I forgot what her next film is. Who's? Greta. Berwick? Yeah. It's an adaptation of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe for Netflix. I think she's got some money issues. For Netflix? Yeah, she's doing an adaptation of that. I, of Narnia? Yeah, I think she's... I, this Barbie and now Narnia, I think... I heard Jacob Elordi's going to be in it. I think there's some real cash flow issues over there. In the. What do you mean? She just made a bajillion dollars off of Barbie. Right, but I think something's up that she needs to be making like why isn't she making like independent artistic choices like after making barbie you'd think she would then be like okay i'm going back to doing something small no now she's like get me on netflix get me on netflix with an adaptation of a christian mythology like you can't take the christian mythology out of those books no that's the whole it's the book get me out of there that Ooh. lion, like, and how's she gonna that twist goat? that to be about motherhood? <laughs> oh God, is he gonna be Mister Tumnus? Who, Jacob? Yeah. If I no, I did see Jack. People want Jack Harlow to play Tumnus. Tom- well, who would Jacob Elordi be? He's an adult man, the white witch. That boy. What that boy? boy? You mean a, the, the, the little white boy? The kids are at tops. The oldest boy is like thirteen. Maybe not in her version. Oh God. Maybe this is like it'll somehow be about motherhood and like something stupid. Standing still, <laughs> fuck her. As people pass us by, <laughs> fucking Rhea Perlman will show up as a ghost with a bad wig on again. 
I hate that fucking movie. Will, Danny DeVito. Will Ferrell will throw on some skates down a boardwalk for no reason. I, I'm I'm just really offended by the Chevy commercial in the middle of that fucking movie. I'm I offended hated by that. the Helen Mirren voiceover for no reason. The whole movie is madness. That was Helen Mirren? Yeah, who's like Barbie was created at the beginning of yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to play, and I guess I could have looked it up. Yeah, I don't know why you've been trying to place it. You have the internet. (laughs) Shall we get back to Sex in the City? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so we meet these bumpkins, not since that Mm -hmm. woman with the scrunchie on. Have we met someone so undesirable? I felt the husband was really tough when he didn't know what locks were. Is that That was tough, and that made me feel like anti Semitic. it was bordering oh yeah it didn't feel great i didn't love it (laughs) i didn't feel comfortable Hmm. and i wouldn't um a lot of anti-semitism going on in that apartment between that nazi who visited these guys i know oh um i just didn't like their energy and their scammers i did appreciate that when they're like we've never been to new york city that the look of devastation. And you on know Charlotte's they put face. them up like, in like the fucking plaza. Oh yeah, those fuckers probably ran up the room service bill. Oh, Harry sued them for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we do get a really nice brief scene where Harry's writing an email and Charlotte comes in and she comforts him. And I don't know. This was one of my favorite scenes of the episode. There was something very sweet about it and i love how it sort of leaned into um charlotte's full acceptance of her jewish identity yeah i don't know i liked it did you like that scene i liked this whole storyline like this whole episode for charlotte and harry because it just felt like very like as unsettled as i was watching those two bumpkins in their house in their home i i like knowing that Harry and Charlotte get what they want. And there's something, look, you know, there are many, much, many and much discourse about adoption and uh, the, mm-hmm. uh, who should be allowed to adopt who. And many people have thoughts about that. And how do you, and look, and just like that sort of gets into it, you know, with those dolls. Um, but there is something nice about the fact that they don't get this sort of white child. That mm-hmm. Charlotte's ultimate dream that she does get does also doesn't look exactly the way she wanted. And there's some right. I even feel like there's a line maybe although no, I think they are talking about a Korean baby, maybe then with Trey. And she says he'll they'll oh. have dark hair so that people won't automatically know. They know that she's and that always not felt ours, a yeah. little disgusting. Yeah. And um, I always found that. At least that's not brought up here. Like. Right. And of course, well, it's because Harry doesn't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just like. it. It's just nice to see that growth and that she's with Harry who loves her and accepts her and she loves him and all his little tea bags. And yeah, it's nice knowing that they got their their happy ending with Lily. So, yeah, Harry comes home, and she's like, I'm I'm a bad wife. I've made Chinese. And he's like, I got something from China, too. And I was like, I don't. Come on, guys. Let's oh, come on. Let's not. I got something from China. Too. But it is beautiful. And Kristen Davis mm. does so well. And I, can, I can't imagine. 
how difficult it would be to have that to deliver that close up and make it all work emotionally. And mm-hmm. she's got to carry basically three seasons worth of emotions because we've wanted her to have, we've been on this sort of, well, really, we've been on a baby journey with her since episode one. But right. really, we've been on it since the marriage since to Since baby Trey. Shayla. Well. <laughs> thank God that never happened. Thank God they didn't name Rock Shayla. <laughs> they let that go. Yeah. Um. So that sort of wraps up Charlotte's storyline. We'll talk about sort of everyone's final ending in the montage towards the end. Mm-hmm. So let's get into Samantha. So they're getting their hair dyed, and we meet the most undesirable character in this episode, and that is this gentleman with this accent. I hate him, Chris. <laughs> I've heard that before. Like, oh what's going God. on? When he was, like, outside of the he's little like, curtain, he's like, No, I don't. <laughs> wouldn't be the like, best I see two eye. feet under there. <laughs> Like, like, this man is okay. disgusting. Also, why are they not... Why did they have to take their clothes off <laughs> to get their hair dyed? And why is Samantha only wearing a bra? Like, I don't get it. Like, why is her... I mean, out- I... Why is her outfit for the day a bra and a hoodie? That felt so strange to Like, me. it just... And they don't explain it. It felt like Lorelai Gilmore. Well, and I was like, excuse this me? doesn't feel right. Excuse me? It felt like that's something, like, Lorelai Gilmore would wear. If you've seen Gilmore Girls, there's no point in which she struts around in just a bra. Like, Not a bra, but I'm saying a bra with just like a hoodie on, like a zip up. You don't think that that's something Lorelai would wear? No. That bedazzled On the seat zip on up? the WB? I'm just saying, I think that, I think in a... <laughs> Running around the back lot of the WB? With Kirk and gang and her bra? Like, what are you talking about? No, I can see her just wearing a bra with a zip up. But you're right. It doesn't make any sense. Do you take your clothes off when you get your hair dyed? No. I guess it could, like, the dye could get on your clothes. But that's why they wore a cape. But then he wasn't, they weren't shirtless when they were. I I know. They were in those, like, capes. I guess, why is he changing? Why are they both changing? Why aren't they just in their clothes? <laughs> I don't know. But that man really rubbed me the wrong way. And I thought that that was not the right color for her. That ash. That ash. Also, that's not ash. Ash is like... um Gray? Yeah, it has like a grayer, like more cold tone. And I thought that cut looked like George Clooney on ER. That Roman, talk about Roman Empire. When she popped her head out of the curtains, I was like, whoa. Like, that was scary. She's this beautiful like, woman. Do better. Th- that Raquel Welsh wig, like, we need it back. I need I need that wig back right mm-hmm. quick. I take the little Kim wig. <laughs> and so it's revealed they haven't had sex in quite some time. And mm-hmm. that he's been seeing a therapist about all of the cancer stuff. And she decides just to avoid the conversation because he's going to film a movie about Attila the Hun. Now, when they went to that set, I didn't see one Asian person. It's giving aloha. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Talking. Remember that Golden Globes when yeah. <laughs> Andrew O made that joke and then that's all Emma Stone could say? Yeah. Huh. I hope she mm-hmm. doesn't win an Oscar for poor things. That was a strange performance. It's a, definitely a film I never want to see. I think it's worth seeing if you really want to see Emma Stone have a lot of sex. She's having sex in it? Yeah. she. Yeah, I don't want to give away to anyone, but like, 
if you're in, oh. if you're so inclined to see that, that's get into it. Get. <laughs> um, yeah. I personally was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I just found. I think that this is an interesting storyline, of course, Samantha being pushed into early menopause. And I think the way they handle it is somewhat beautiful. But I found these two opening scenes of them in that dressing room. And then when he's packing to go to just be so sort of stilted and awkward between the two of them. Mm -hmm. Me too. I remembered their love story being a little bit different. And it's all because of that one scene where he shaves his head. For her, I think that he's pretty sweet here, but I just don't. I didn't I just feel very connected this, to it. I wish that this storyline of them not having sex and like her really like grasping and dealing with all this was played out a little bit more throughout the episodes rather than like. I mean, there were some episodes where she literally did nothing. I also wish that there was a point in which she spoke to someone else about it. Now, of course, right. Carrie is in um Paris, but there just felt like. It feels like she's been entirely siloed this season and not really talking about any of her issues with the other women. And that could right. come down to, you know, you know what was going on on that set. But it yeah. just, it lacks any sort of interiority about her. And I feel like I have a better sense of how Smith feels than I do Samantha. Yeah, me too. Because it doesn't help on like a finale when the character is like, I don't want to talk about it. It's like, well... We kind of need you to talk about it for the And show. then it's sort of his monologue at the end when he comes back. Right. Right. And so he sends the flowers that are not in bloom yet, which I, you know, is a beautiful gesture. And she says, please don't sleep with anyone. And we get this awkward ending of cool, cool. I'm like, did, did you two hell? just meet? Yeah. Well, it's like, I thought. And also, like, it just feels like that's like an age difference joke that we've already done. Like, they should be more comfortable with one another by this point. They've been together for a while. Or six days. You never know on this show. <laughs> you never. So to to have her be like, I don't want you sleeping with anybody else. I get that that's in reference to her having and just him not having him. sex. Well, she had also just like, told him to fuck someone while he was away. Right. But it's like, Sam, like. What are we doing? I guess I did appreciate when she said, look, I know what I what we have is more than sex, and I know how important sex is. That feels honest to who Samantha is. Mm -hmm. But again, it just feels like a missing scene where she talks to Samantha or Charlotte. I'm sorry. Well, she talks to herself. Where she <laughs> talks to Carrie, Charlotte, or Miranda about it. And it's mm -hmm. undercut because we see Miranda and Charlotte together. And it would have been, just been nice if we had seen... Honestly, it would have been nice if at some point during the show they'd given her another friend. That would have been nice. Like, you know, I feel like they tried. Carrie's got Stanford. Charlotte's got Anthony. Miranda's got Magda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, it's just something I never noticed as much when I would watch the show prior to this podcast of, like, how they really kind of wrote her how did the last season like they didn't get she just does, yeah it doesn't i mean what she has kim cattrall does great stuff with but it's not she doesn't have any meaty storylines and you i remember the cancer which is crazy because she had cancer which in my memory is so impactful but upon rewatch i was like wow this is feels Nothing. very light mm -hmm. um so then he comes home from canada and from an acting perspective, I do want to say I think Samantha blew her wad too quickly. She's literally crying already when she wakes up. 
Yeah. Tears are streaming down her face before he even says anything. And he shares that he loves her and she returns her own declaration but never says I love you back. She just says you've meant more to me than any man I've ever known. Which I guess again yeah. is true to her. She's like I miss James. Yeah. I, I mean, we'll get to it when we look back at like where they started. Yeah, because I think that that. And then we get really we cut impactful. over and we see the flowers have begun to bloom. Mm-hmm. And I do think that is a like a beautiful image, for sure. And so let's get over to Miranda. Oh, this makes me sad. So the Brady Hobbs family is enjoying dessert, which is a nice um, sort of pre-reference to the dessert we see in season one of And Just Like That, that that becomes Miranda and Steve's ritual instead of sex. The mm-hmm. ice, the p- sort of post-dinner ice cream. And, you know, we know how that all goes. Yeah. And Steve realizes that Mary is disoriented as hell. <laughs> yeah. He's like, her eyes look weird. She's, like, acting strange. She's And Miranda's like, not... like, she's fucking drunk. Like... Miranda is so fucking mean to this woman. She's so mean to her, especially there's a scene with her and Charlotte. And I'm just like, this is a woman who's not well. Have some compassion. Yeah. We find out she's had a stroke. Steve takes her to the hospital. Oh my God. um, After she's confusing Brady with Steve and doesn't know who Miranda is. And they go over to the apartment, and it is first of all, it's the exact same apartment that Debbie li- that um Debbie lived in, or Steve's apartment. Like it's the same set oh, that they made like, those cupcakes in. Oh, it's like the exact, maybe he was living they, with his mother, uh, or, or they were just like, "This is we're not building a new set. Just leave it up." <laughs> mm. Um, it's in complete disarray. Roaches this scene everywhere. Is heartbreaking. I didn't care. What? I just felt like Steve is such an idiot. No, I I was so like, sad. She always meets me downstairs. I'm like, yeah, like go the fuck upstairs, you dumb fuck. Well, he's probably like, she's fine. He's and then you know when he's like, my ma can't live like this. My ma can't live like this. I'll get a nurse. I'll get a nurse. Can I get a nurse? I'm like, well, Steve. then why isn't he just saying she needs to come live with us? Put your fucking foot down, you pussy. He probably is like, I don't want to rattle that cage. This is his mother. With this is a potential mother, to quote Kenya Moore. <laughs> I know. And I... Uh, it just broke my heart. He put Miranda in a very awkward position. He just walked in to his mother's home that's in disarray. Yeah, because he let it get that way. Because he can't he didn't take... No, she always meets her downstairs. Because he can't take his fucking lazy ass upstairs. He can't wipe his ass and he can't climb four flights. I, I don't... She meets him down there. He's sick. When he pulls up. Pulls up. He's got a bus card. He doesn't have a car. Or walks up. Pull up. Steve can't. <laughs> Steve does not have a license. <laughs> he it just made me so sad. I don't know. I was with I I appreciated Miranda being so open hearted and saying he could move in. She could move in. Why else do we have this big house? Well, and I really loved um, the, sh- the scene between Charlotte and Miranda. And I thought, actually, I know she's a little dismissive. But again, this is a thing with time in this episode. We don't know how long right. she's been living with them. It seems like it's been quite some time. Like that they've had like 
that she's like, oh, she has good days where she's great. She's had bad. She has bad days. This has become like a zoo. Like there's a certain like resignation Miranda has that makes it seem Mm -hmm. like time has passed. Yeah. But it also feels like it's been one day. So there's just a huge time problem here of like, has it been weeks that they've that she since she's moved in? Well, and also because it's like, how long has Carrie been in Paris for? Exactly. Who knows? Like, I don't, I don't know. I had a huge problem time wise following this episode. Yeah. And so, and I, I, but I did appreciate though that she's paying attention in a way that I think a care a new caretaker has to learn, which is why is she putting on her coat? Which is something like I would notice if I if if someone was living with me and just had a coat on. You would think, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But as a caretaker, she has to learn all of these the new things of like, yeah. oh, if she's putting her coat on, that means she might leave and I have to be aware of that. And so we also have to give Miranda, I think, a little grace of like, hey, this is a woman who does not like her. <coughs> and w- w- she's learning how to take care of someone who has... um. I know later on in the first movie, I think they say she has Alzheimer's or mm-hmm. or she's at least in a memory care facility. Yeah, like dementia of yeah, some kind. Um, but she's certainly having some troubles with her mental faculties. Yeah. And as you know, my grandma had Alzheimer's and it was really sad. Like she would run away like she would leave. Um, and it's it's just like it's really heartbreaking to watch like someone you just watch someone just lose. Dis- disintegrate and lose themselves. Yeah. And so she leaves immediately and chases after her and finds her on the street eating cold pizza out of the trash. And I thought she was so kind. I would have been so disgusted. She was very kind. Chris, no, you wouldn't. No, I mean, I would have helped her, but my initial reaction would have been like, my face wouldn't have been, oh my God, I need to help. It would have been disgust. You would have been like. (laughs) And I all would have been like, oh, you need to get it together. (laughs) Chris. Because that's if you found me eating a piece of pizza out of the trash, I would absolutely also, be like Miranda. Sorry, babe, that's you. Miranda's never eaten pizza out of the trash. She's only eaten chocolate cake out of her own trash. And I know, but I'm just saying one one step who further. Who amongst us hasn't dropped a little mini donut in the trash and picked it right up? Chris, you sometimes you know you gotta go. <laughs> No, that Miranda was very also. Why was a full slice of pizza in the trash? People were full. They just threw it. Maybe they dropped it on the floor. It 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 was just disgusting. It was so sick, and I also (laughs) felt bad. She didn't have any gloves on. No, she just ran out. So she was like Pete. What I would not do is bathe her. That's a bridge too far. You wouldn't bathe her. Also, because I don't know that she's like dirty, Chris. Like all she did was eat out of the trash. I'd, I I'd tell her to brush like, her teeth. I think I don't think she knows how. She, like, I, and I also she wanted to warm her and up. I think I it's guess. like a yeah, like a caretaker thing. I, I like, could not bathe someone. Not like I would not be a very good caretaker. Famously, a, a boyfriend once had his um uh wisdom teeth removed and the dentist was explaining to me and I, he was high on drugs and i said you need to explain that to him i'm not sticking my hand in his mouth <laughs> and then i left him and went to work i dropped him off got him some got him a few smoothies and some mashed potatoes and then showed up to work everyone was like i thought you were taking care of him I was like he's fine isn't he <laughs> oh my god i'm not a caretaker 
And I don't it's want great to, that you know I that. I don't want to be taken care of. And so I don't want you. You do not have to provide that care to me. And okay. I don't want to provide any sort of care in that way. I'm not bathing a person. <laughs> I, I, would pay, I, I would pay someone to bathe you, though. Like, I would hire a task rabbit in one second. Not a task rabbit <laughs> to bathe your I will, I, Just like I won't help people move, but I'll hire someone to help move you. Yeah, I'll Venmo you That's like nice. I won't, but I will not. Like it's just you're things, not lifting and putting certain things, things I'm not taking on. And right. like bathing someone, I thought it was incredibly beautiful though, and very sweet. It was, and it just showed this like the warm side to her needs, to Miranda. He's a real remodel that bathroom. Well, down to the Steve studs. hasn't gotten his hands on that yet. He's been too busy building the downstairs. Yeah, with his bare hands. <sighs> And then Magda, like a little creeper, just stares in, looks at them, and is like, I like this. Mm-hmm. She's so proud of her. Now, I think that this is a beautiful moment between Magda and Miranda. But I do have written here, is Magda Miranda's Yoda? Because it is also crazy just to walk up to someone and just say, what you did, that is love. You love. Yeah. And then kiss I their foreheads. These two have been together, but they don't talk. For, no, but they don't need to. Miranda doesn't want to talk. It's sad that there's we don't really see like Miranda have to deal with Magda's death. Yeah, that's a that's a real bummer for us. I would have liked to see that. Talk about especially my motherboard myself. Like well, especially Brady. Brady. Didn't give a fuck that dumb pubic. You don't think? You don't think he? Cared? No, he was too busy balls deep in Louisa. <laughs> yeah um, that horny little freak <laughs> Big's dead here's Brady fucking I'll never forget that as long as I live um, so I don't know but it is a beautiful moment while I personally would never do it I think Miranda bathing her is really lovely it is um, and I do appreciate her sort of protectiveness of Steve, where she says, let's not tell him it would just worry him. Now, I do think he does need to know she escaped because she has a flight risk. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Like, I do think we need to put some type of collar on her. We don't need to talk about the pizza. Yeah. But, but I do think. we need to, like, say just like, you just as an FYI, your mom's a flight risk. We will be getting a collar for her. Uh, <laughs> a shot collar. Yeah, just, you know, mm-hmm. an electric fence will be put up. <laughs> Or we're just going to lock her in her room. Like, she's no longer, she's now quarantined to the first floor. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, I. it'd be nice to get a layout of that house. Because it doesn't seem like there are that many bedrooms there. Remember when Miranda has to say, sleep on the couch? I know. So they clearly have a spare bedroom. Right. Hmm. Maybe Brady's in their room right now? Maybe. Well, who knows? And they threw the mom in the and what eventually would be that bedroom? fish tank sex. Well, she says we have a big house. That fish and tank like... sex dorm. <laughs> the aquarium. Sick of him. All right, Ew. let's get into Carrie. Okay. All right, so we're back in Pali. Oh. And we've we're bopping to lunch, mm-hmm. and we meet Juliet, who is played by an actress named Carol Bouquet. And Carol is one of the original faces of Chanel Number no. Five. Wow! Because I, th- I thought this woman is so beautiful. Who go- striking? I was like, who is this goddess? And I was like, she isn't a famous French actress. Like I don't know her from like like 
French movies. She's, but she has a face you remember. Well, no, she, I didn't know her face, but I was like, but she's so striking. And they ca- they must have cast her for some reason. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's because she's like a sort of known icon of like Parisian beauty. Yeah. She's stunning. And I, she's like a French Natasha. And I thought this whole scene, I was like, this is like, let's make a movie about something like this, where it's like an ex-wife and the new girlfriend have to pal around. I wish Carrie would have like had a little bit more fun with her. But like, fuck Alex. Like he doesn't need to come. Well, that's not the vibe. I don't, and nor was that her vibe. I don't know that that woman has a barrel of laughs. That's true. I mean, she was basically just like the daughter. Idios. Idios. Yeah. Um, which I Maybe appreciated not. the sort of um, callback to the daughter in that phrasing. Um, and the fact that she's basically like, well, glad things have changed. She didn't like when I worked. Like, I don't know that this woman is. You're right. I was putting on my own fantasy. I liked like the tension between them, but I don't think they were having a great time. Yeah. She was like making a lot of faces, Nina Cat style. Yeah. Like, oh. um, must you play with your hair while we're recording? Oh, can you hear it? Well, it's I'm also sorry. just annoying to look at. Is it? Well, it's just a sign of, I think, mental unwellness in girls when they're playing with that hair. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen... So he's like, well, something's not right with her. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Um... Yeah. And so she gets this nice window into what, well, not nice, but this window into what it's like to be in a relationship with Alex and mm-hmm. long term. Um, although I will say she says I never wanted to get used to being second. And I could see at the beginning of his career when he's building it, how she came second. It does seem like he doesn't do that much artwork anymore. No, so, this like, is like the first thing he's done in years. And maybe the, like the idea is that now he'll be inspired and will do a ton of these things. And so this is the beginning of a sort of um, renaissance of his career. And so she should be worried. But it seems like, I mean, for the first part of their relationship, he wasn't working. They were holed up um, in, that, in that apartment. And then she starts smoking. Yeah. She's like, I got to. We find out she felt right. Yeah. And we find out she got rave reviews from Juliet and Alex has to leave. And I appreciate that she shares her dissatisfaction with him and says, I'm getting really tired of this. And then mm-hmm. he makes one of his cute little baby faces. Mm. <laughs> I was disgusted by him in that moment. Yeah. Paris isn't a good look on him. He needs Mm-mm. to go back to sitting on that table near the window, dressed like a gap ad. Yep. That's where we like him. Because... He's out of control in Paris. He's out of control. He's like looking at her like smoking so sexy. I'm like, oh my God. Take the car. See Paris. It's beautiful. Well, you and I did he talk about like that. like a Mario, like a Parisian Mario. <laughs> Come on. It's me, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, we did talk about it for the first part of the finale. Like, Carrie is in Paris. Like, go do shit. She seems determined to be miserable. Determined. And, like, her codependency is just, like, screaming. And again, for a man who's not a barrel of laughs. No, like, are are they even having fun together? Were they having fun together? Are they having sex? I'm gonna say no. As soon as, as soon as, as soon as. I guess they had sex when she was wearing the Milfew dress. 
or at least he that went down like, on her. That was, but again, was that last night? Was that 18 years ago? We'll never know. So then we go into the famous Parisian montage and we get a series of things. What'd you think of her eating and smoking with that big ass dog? I liked it. I thought like it was the, the exaggerated bites were funny. Like Sarah Jessica Parker was really playing it up. That whose why dog was that? Dog was that? There? Yeah, like, that's my question too. Do you think he just belongs to that? the restaurant? Probably. Maybe that's supposed to be the vibe. Like Paris, like dogs just waltz in and out. I mean, he was a cute dog. He was big as hell. So big. I don't. But you know how I feel about big dogs, like farm animals. They just shouldn't be in that, like indoors. He had a blockhead. Yeah, I'm terrified of big dogs. <laughs> um, and then we get the little girl who slaps her on the head and sticks her tongue out. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that happening to you? It just, to me, felt like, I don't know, our Parisian, I don't, to me, it felt like, yeah, that would happen anywhere in New York, Disneyland, you're going. Yeah. So do you think it was supposed to be like Paris, Parisian kids are assholes? I guess. Like Paris is hitting you on the head? Yeah. And then she and then steps step in, in literal shit. shit. But, I would have been real. I would have lost it. But then she tries to clean it off in the dumbest way I've ever seen in this <laughs> fountain. And I was just like, Carrie, just go get a fucking napkin and wipe it off. Or just, I mean, the pavement was wet. It was raining. They, she could have just easily just like kept scraping Or take her your foot. ass home and change your shoes. You don't have anything else to do. That little fountain, that little stream of water. Yeah. So then she's bizarre. just sitting on the the bank of the river and a young man comes by on a boat, and I guess he, it's meant to evoke, like, this idea of, like, romance, but that man didn't seem to be anyone she would ever be interested in. I don't know Not why they wouldn't little. have cast a man who seemed older and sophisticated. Or looked, like, big or, or something. Looked, or even just looked like her type. Yeah. That was, like, a boy. Yeah, so I just didn't really understand the purpose of that. Yeah. Other than, and I believe in the DVD commentary, he's supposed to represent, like, the idea of, like, romance. And that man did not do that for me. No. It gave just, like, voyeur. Then she finds, and then Alex comes home, and she's pretending to sleep to avoid him. I will say I love this music that that plays over this montage. And I do love the montage. I think it's a... Nice economical way of showing her um, sort of ennui with Paris. But again, it's like not even trying. No, she thinks like eating a croissant is And I guess you do see her sort of like, all right, what if this is my life? Like she's sort of like, all right, I got this croissant. There's a big ass dog and I'm smoking. All right, not so bad. (laughs) Which is like, isn't that what you did in New York? Me? No, her. Oh. No, there were no big-ass dogs. Well, okay, but, like, she just eats and smokes. But then, remember, she doesn't like eating alone. Oh. She doesn't like doing anything alone. Remember there's that whole episode where she has to, like, steal herself up to have a glass of wine without a book? Yeah. Um, And whenever she's in public alone, she is working. Right. And we know she didn't bring our fucking lap. By the way, work. Right. Go do something like you. That's what I mean. Like, she's a little much like this is just happening to me and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm like, girl, be for real. You're living in Paris rent free in that beautiful suite. And so she's wandering around again. 
Mm-hmm. And she finds her book out in the wild. And she meets, I believe their names are Evelyn and Paul. Mm-hmm. What did you think of these two? Annoying. These two fans. High energy. I thought they were us. That they are. Oh, I have the sexy, you have the sexy. Sex in the city. I sing a girl. It's like, what is happening? Yeah, that was that was me when I saw Candace Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Just crazy. And then yeah. they're like, we'll throw a party for you. And she doesn't say one word. No, she's just smiling. Imagine if you just met us. Imagine if when I met Meryl Streep, I had just said, like, I'm throwing a party for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's not something that you just like. It's a you, you people would think you were insane. No, it's crazy. You it's don't crazy. show up. Like, no, I'm like, not even... famous. And I'm going to tell all of you right. shorties right now, and I love each and every one of you. If I ever run into you and you tell me you're, th- but, well, I guess this has actually happened on one of our Zoom calls where they did invite me to a party, and I politely said I will not be in attendance. <laughs> so <laughs> there yeah. you go. And that was but a stone's throw from my own home. Right. And also, that was over Zoom. Like, imagine it in your face. I would have spit on them. <laughs> just like, I'm not going as shit. I'm just like imagining like going up to Jacob Alordi. I thought I thought you Yeah, I loved you in Saltburn. Like I'll throw you a party. He'd be like, "Bitch, do you what? you know how many parties are being thrown in my honor? Do you think I need your rat party? Get away from me!" Yeah, and she's just like, "Hell yeah!" Doesn't say a word. She's just smiling. Then Alex mm. is very positive, but can't go because of he's got to show the work to the curators. And so she's getting ready, and mm. she comes out, and he's having a panic attack. I thought his acting was great. Oh, it's great. But... Mm-mm. Oh, see, now mm. this is where I went cattywampus. Oh, no, Chris. Chris. Chris, what <laughs> the hell? Look. Okay. <laughs> I, okay, go ahead. I'm not saying he's right, because he's not. He's wrong. I want everyone okay. to know just to put that over everything I'm about to say. But when his panic attack is all about the reception of his work... So, of course, when it is received well, he is going to feel less nervous. Like, she behaves as if it was not an option for her to walk over there also. And again, I didn't understand that at again, all. Again, it is this self-fulfilling prophecy of her own misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's annoying. It's very annoying. No, but again, he's not right. I'm not saying he's right. Like, he does leave her in the dust, and it's not good. And it is cold, and it is additive. She could have also said, no, I'll meet you there after my party. Well, again, what is this party? This cockamamie party? (laughs) (laughs) The fact she doesn't have anyone's number... Well, she like, could have called the restaurant. She knows what the restaurant she is called. She should have exchanged numbers for these people with these people. Well, does she have a phone? Because she only calls. She calls Miranda on that payphone. Oh. And then Alex. Well, I'm sure she has the phone in the hotel. And then Alex calls her. Remember, Alex oh, calls Juliet or something. 
Oh, right. Yeah, she has no phone. I don't think she has a phone. Oh, God. But she could have, before they phone, left, called uh... the restaurant and said, hey, I can't make it. Yeah. So, again, self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, that was my only thought of, like, okay, I get it. It does suck when your partner asks for your, like, needs you and then doesn't anymore. But that does happen at events. As someone who, like, throws events and then has invited, like, friends, partners... You want the support, mm-hmm. but then there are times, be, be it nerve, be it the nerves go away, or just like something happens and you become preoccupied with something, and you have to leave them. Mm-hmm. Adults are need to be responsible for their own joy at large at parties. Mm-hmm. Like I can't shepherd you through things. No, that's like one of my biggest things when I like am dating someone. Like, are they capable of like maneuvering a room without me? Uh, like shepherding them through it and the answer is no to every man you've ever dated (laughs) that's not true (laughs) maybe not (laughs) maybe i don't know so then she runs out and well we do get my favorite man in this episode to spoil it and that is the security guard who gives her like no smoking in here sweetie well why the fuck would you think you could do that in an art museum are you fucking out of your mind? You can't even stand like a foot in front of some paintings. You think you can light well, I up? I guess these aren't paintings. They are large scale light installations. Which I feel like is even, we don't need to put fire near that. But what do you think? They're flammable? I just feel like it's like electrical. All right. And it I, look, I don't know. Spark up. So she runs out and then we get the bond we get the montage where we see big sort of there. And I have written here in all caps, why does it take big so long to get there? How long has this episode been? So it does seem like it's been at least a week since the last episode because his work is now closer to being o- opening. Mhm. I would say Did Big not chill. leave automatically from go get our girl? Did he like go do some business for a few days? For sure. <laughs> Like, in my mind's eye, he, like, leaves immediately. Like, he's got a... I thought he was on a jet plane right a meet, like right away. Right to, like, right to uh, JFK. JFK. And, no. <laughs> Unless he's been searching and searching for her But then he knows where time. she is because he goes to the hotel. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know what So, it doesn't means. make any sense. The no. The time in this episode is wild. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. So then, well, it, it it just, it undercuts a lot of the emotional resonance of the episode if you think about it, which is, again, right. the problem with doing this podcast is, is like, if I, I was just watching this, I wouldn't be thinking about it. And right. taking notes, I would just let the episode wash over me. But instead, I'm like, wait a minute. In the last episode, he said, like, go, we said, go get our girl. Did he wait? Mm-hmm. Has it been days, weeks, minutes? Your guess is as good as mine. But she arrives to the party. They've put a wine glass on her book and are all gone. Oh, we should mention she finds the carry necklace. And that's sort of what prompts her to leave because she feels like herself again. Mm-hmm. Um, She's like reminded of herself. Yeah. And then she returns to the hotel. And she says she confronts him about the time they've spent in Paris and let's talk about the slap. Hmm. Not Will. Not Will Smith. <laughs> what did you think? 
Of the slap? Yeah, the slap. Not good. Chris. <laughs> Chris. It's such a strange choice. I mean, I get it's it. You crazy. You need it there solely so that they do the big chase up the stairs. But then I was thinking, I don't really need that chase. Why can't that scene just end with them at the concierge desk? I, I, what do we get out of them running up the stairs and then her tripping him? Other than her saying, like, I saved myself. So that we don't get the whole, like, I feel like they feel the need to have her say that so it's not this huge, um, big is a savior Damsel moment. Damsel strap, yeah. yeah. But then maybe don't have her be slapped and then on the ground crying. Correct. We could have just... The slap is just a really aggressive choice. It feels like they, they weren't sure if they had stacked the deck against Petrotsky enough. Right. And so they were like, okay, we need one more thing. How about an accidental slap? Accidental? I, I believe that it was an accident if you look at how it was staged. But I also think that that's maybe part of it. Like, was it? Was it not? Oh, no. I, I think... You think it was accidental? I think I, I, from the way that it is played, I think it is meant to be an accident. And I think what really proves that is her return to kiss him. When yeah. she comes back in and kisses him on the cheek after the monologue, I yeah. think that the only way that works is if it's... um Unless we're at the end of Carousel... You know, Rogers and Hammerstein, that problematic line, sometimes a slap can feel like a kiss. Oh. Um, which I don't know that Michael Patrick King and the writers are, you know, that far gone. <laughs> not in... Not, not in yeah. 2003 not or whatever this was. Right. Um, so I, to me, it does feel wholly like an accident, but there's mm-hmm. enough... But it feels like it's there to say oh, this is not, like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, she needs to remove herself from this situation. Yeah. But to me, it just, it muddies it and makes it, if you're going to introduce that, it needs to be taken seriously in a way. It just, to me, mm-hmm. felt like, to me, I mean, it took me back to the elevator. Where it was like, is is this oh. good? Is this bad? Oh, when she's like, stop. stop. And it's like, why are we living in this ambiguity and not being explicit about what this is. Yeah. And if we're going to do it, it should be right. But I think the show wants you to believe it's an accident. Particularly when she says to Big, like, it's not what you think it is. But then, like, why the fuck would you tell him? Because, I mean, it's Carrie. She's so dumb. (laughs) I mean... Yeah. And she's so dramatic. I came to Paris and I got slapped. It's like, well, you've also got slapped by a little girl. You stepped in shit. (laughs) Your book's been trashed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What did you think of her little monologue? You know, the maybe it's time to be clear about who I am. I am someone who is looking for love. Real love. If this isn't a full circle Facebook. Dizzy Carey moment, oh, I like, was going to say, if this isn't a Facebook quote right up there with that Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yeah. Tiff, breakfast at Tiffany's. Ridiculous, like, inconvenient, consuming, can't live without want, each other. Why do you want love to be inconvenient? Because she wants it to be um, 
crazy? I think she wants it to, like, there is that feeling of drama. Yeah. Well, you're going to get it, sweetie. And love, and, and by the way, I think that in general, love can be inconvenient. Because loving anything is slightly inconvenient. I mean, think about even, right? I love this dog. It is inconvenient to me to have to right. walk it. Like, love right. means you have to... um put someone else's needs above Mm -hmm. your own a lot and that can feel inconvenient Inconvenient. like there's the sort of one reading of it of like drama but there is also the feeling of like well ah fuck now i have to consider this other person all the time i think it's the same thing of wanting a consuming i think it goes well with that idea of consuming yeah and that's not the energy she gets from alex and that love is not here in this expensive suite in this lovely hotel in Paris. Mm-mm. But then she says, and I thought this was interesting, it's my fault I shouldn't have come here. When did she learn that lesson? I would like to know. <laughs> I. The thing about this is I don't think she's really learned anything. Like if you look at this episode and then you look at the net in the movie... It's like, hmm. well, I mean, that's the nature of fictional characters. They can't learn. That's Dizzy Carey. Well, also, no, that's the nature of like, if it's one of the reasons Grey's Anatomy post season, I'd say 16 really struggles is the writers were like, I think Meredith should be healthy. And it's like, well, who Well, we shouldn't. I don't care to watch a character like all of the characters seem like they've been too, through too much therapy. It's like, yeah, great. They're all making healthy life decisions. Yeah, how thrilling. Yeah, like yeah. Richard doesn't relapse. That That's not fun. I'm watching mm-hmm. a dramatic television show. You need to make wrong choices. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. Do Where do you think this stacks up in sort of the rom-com monologue, I'm just a girl standing at a bar? It's not memorable to me. Really? Because I think Mm-mm. people love this. I think that they love it. It's just not the one like I think of when I think of like a love monologue or something. It's just it doesn't like hit for me. What's interesting is is one of the things of, is is that perhaps this show and the things we think about it are actually when she's questioning love, not when she's declaring things about it. Because. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the quotes I think about this show aren't really ones where she's talking about the sort of what she wants out of love. It's when she's trying to figure it out herself and probing mm-hmm. it. Um, but she's not being very inquisitive in this episode because she's not writing. She hasn't been. <laughs> then she's trying to fish out her pearls after getting a room. Can Carrie afford a room in this hotel? Not to my knowledge. But she's like, I'll pay for it. It's whatevs. Yeah. I guess she hasn't spent any money in months, years, since she's been with Alex. Since she's been with Alex, yeah. Yeah, she hasn't paid rent. Well, again, how long has she been gone? I want to say she's been gone for like... A month? A month. Who knows? Uh, Yeah. So she's attempting to get a room. She's trying to fish out all her little uh, pearls. Are they pearls? Diamonds? The necklace? Yeah. Diamonds. Diamonds out of her allegedly. bra. Yeah. And then Big comes in and she bursts into tears. Then we get that ridiculous run up the stairs. Which I really... Do you have anything to say about this and their laugh? 
No. I think it's kind it's of just... cute that they end up on the floor because it did remind me that that's where they'll end up. And when he proposes, they lay on the floor. And where he dies. Well, different. Mm, different bathroom, but I mean, different closet. Were they in the closet? Is there a shower in the closet? There are Pelotons in the bathroom. Okay, the Pelotons. And I was like, what was happening there? <laughs> and I remember Seema was like, this would be great for a Peloton. I'm like, girl, No, shut the up. Peloton's in the living room. Those no, the Peloton is in no, the bathroom. No, she wants to put it in the bathroom. It's in the living room because he's on it when she leaves. And, oh. she's, remember, and she's wearing... Oh, and then he's in the bathroom. Yes, when he's he... in the bathroom. But then she's, okay. Seema says you should put a Peloton in the bathroom. Because he has to maneuver from the Peloton to and to, to the, the shower. shower, and that's when he, he gets him. But I like the moment of them laughing together because that is kind of what bonded them a lot. Obviously, the sex and stuff, but I don't like they always them did laughing. laugh. Do I think they laugh together a lot? Do they? Yeah, I guess when they Can't fell in the water. A specific time. Yeah, like that kind of moment. Yeah. So maybe it's supposed to evoke that, like, these two clumsy dummies. Look at these two. Mm -hmm. They're always falling. Yeah, for each other. Like Alicia Keys, they keep on falling. Remember that song? Yeah. Yeah, I just watched it. I can't wait to see her jukebox musical. Oh. What did you just watch that has fallen in it? (laughs) It was a TikTok of a dad, like an older guy, who had never heard the song before, and he was, like, moved to tears over the song. I might need to dial up that album. It was a pop. What was our other song? It was very sad. Not Girl on Fire. She had another one that was really sad. No, the, um, no one? Yeah. No, that's not sad. That's not it? sad. I think that actually is quite beautiful. If I can't isn't have it? you or something. Baby. Yeah, I think I'm thinking of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Remember when she lied about not wearing makeup? Well, she isn't wearing makeup, but I do. But the problem is, is it's like, well, you're doing a lot of other stuff, sweetie. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're not wearing Your makeup. eyebrows are microbladed. Your you eyebrows got- are microbladed <laughs> and you're probably getting very expensive facials every day. Like, right. I, too, would not wear any makeup if I had like that yeah. like abil- ability to afford that mm-hmm. and was also naturally beautiful. Correct. Like, it's... <laughs> Sort of like when I'm like, oh, I better follow Naomi Campbell's skin tips. It's like, well, I don't think I'm going to get that. Those aren't made for us. <laughs> I think I'm lacking some genetic issues <coughs> that are, yeah. are going to create a barrier to me getting to her skincare. I know. I'm like, ooh, Emrata's diet? It's like, that's not <laughs> Sweetie, for me. I think she's do- well, I think she's doing some other stuff. A lot of lemon. Oh, a lot of lemon yeah. stuff. Hmm. Not like Barefoot Contessa putting lemon over a spaghetti carbonara. Been watching out of Barefoot in the morning. So. <laughs> so then they go to that damn bridge. Um. And he finally says, Carrie, you're the one. Dude, does this work for you? Yeah, I'm a sucker. Yeah, it- I thought it, it was like romantic and cheesy and rom com and... I was just like, fuck yeah. Like, finally. Yeah. Oh, also, I have a note here. All Smith's talk of spring, is this a reference to his play? Remember his play when he was like, the garden, it grows. <laughs> it's like, maybe there. Oh, when he was like, the harvest the moon harvest or moon. something. He's very into spring imagery. <laughs> thought that might have been a callback. 
Maybe. Maybe. And so they head back to New York. How do you think she got her luggage out of Petrotsky's apartment? I bet you he wasn't there. That night? Again, do you think it would have been nice had we seen Carrie and Big in Paris for a bit? Because in just like that sort of evokes this idea that Paris is something for them. Did they stay? Did they have a date night there? Like, what did... I think it might have been... I bet Carrie was like, get me the fuck out of this town. Right, so then they got her luggage that night? Uh, probably. So she went knock- They probably paid someone to go get it. So they knocked on his door and were like, hey, so we're together now. <laughs> yeah. Could we get the luggage, please? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they head back, and she gets out of the car. I thought it was crazy that the man, Raul, gets out of the car, lets her out. Then the door, I mean, of course we need to get to the absolute fucking lootly line. But th- it's so crazy. Why wouldn't he just get out and go upstairs? Big is gonna big. Yeah, Chris. he's gotta be dramatic. From day one. And she's gotta give her so. You wanna come up? It- <laughs> <sighs> they're, she's, they're so exhausting. <laughs> Incredibly so. Um, But you know, I did love it. Then we head into the ending montage and the monologue. And look, for all of my problems with this episode, the minute she popped her little head through that diner door... I know. And Samantha screamed. Or was it Miranda who sees her first? I think it might be Samantha. I think it's Samantha. Yeah, because it's she says hello to Miranda last, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I was like, here we go. This is This is what we wanted. This is... The girls are back together again. The girls. And I do appreciate this sort of ending. The monologue, you know, it's very fun. And so she talks about some being finding something new and exotic. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that that's paired with them returning to the coffee shop. And they all are sharing this sort of new news about their lives. S- uh, S- Samantha's sharing about Smith and Charlotte has a picture of the baby. Although it's a much smaller picture. How many pictures of this baby did they send? She probably made so many little photocopies. True. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's just carrying them around. It is yeah. funny, though. For some reason in my mind, I, I remember them having Lily at the end of the series, and they just have this photo. That's so strange. Yeah. And it, and I guess it is like we're just taking the optimism that everything works out, right? That luckily the first movie doesn't open with six months later, China changed its mind, and they did not, in fact, get Lily. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be terrible. And then we get that sort of old, and she says things that are old and familiar, and they're walking down the street. We get the idea of bringing up lots of questions and the writing and the work aspect of it, things that bring you somewhere unexpected. Now, I wanted to talk about this one. So she says, relationships that bring you somewhere unexpected. And this is paired with Charlotte and Harry crossing Park Avenue with dogs. Is that really that unexpected for Charlotte, that image? No, that's like what she wanted. Exactly what we now, of course, she wanted. Harry, I guess, is the unexpected man, or the dogs and all the dogs. But remember, she had like, that dog she loved, and then, but he was an asshole. So she's always liked dogs. No, but I'm saying I think it's unexpected. Her dog got pregnant. That's what you think it is, <laughs> Chris. Please, I <laughs> I don't know. I was just like Charlotte being happy walking across the street with a bunch of dogs on Park and Avenue, and knowing she's getting her baby soon isn't new. This and is un- perfect. Isn't new and unexpected. 
Mm-mm. Um, and then something then about Miranda, it says, those that bring you back far from where you started. And I thought that this was the one that really made me sort of the most emotional because you see Miranda, what I noticed for the first time is Miranda's in her most lawyerly outfit of the season and her work is on the table, which we've seen so often her at that damned living room table, dining room table with like, mm-hmm. which, working on those briefs. And I know a lot of lawyers. I don't see a lot of them with law books out. Like, I feel like she's never not with a full law book. I think because they get them on the internet. And like now. briefs just like with a. I I have a friend that's a lawyer. I've never seen her write a single thing. Yeah. Just no. Of course, I don't know that they're corporate lawyers. So. Yeah, it could be different. Yeah. Like a lot of different types yeah. of lawyers. Um, and I don't know. It just made me very emotional to see that sort of conjunct the the combined nature of the baby and Steve plus her work. And then of course we get, and those that bring you back and we see Samantha and sex because I don't know that um, Smith is even that important in this scene. No, it's the fact that she's fucking again. Yeah. And fucking, and I mean, look, remember how the end of episode one was with Capote Duncan. Like it was like kind of sad, her relationship with, with sex. sex. It was kind of portrayed. And now it's like she's ride him cowboy. Yeah, you know? but I don't. I I I wish it had been a little bit more. I wish the sex had been a little sexier. Just that ah. <laughs> that's but that's Samantha. I was just like, this is madness. It also yeah. didn't seem to be enjoyable. Like what he he looked like he was having a stroke. <sighs> yeah. Love Smith. And then, of course, we hear, but the most exciting, challenging, and significant relationship of all is the one you have with yourself. And I do think the show does a good job here of making the choice to have big off screen. Yes. So that he's on the phone. We get the sense, we know that he's coming back. We get the sense that they're still together, but that really the end of the show is Carrie going back into the streets of New York. It's almost like Mm -hmm. she emerged out and we found her. And now it's, she's going back in. Like we can, we were sending her back to the fiery chasm from which she came. Like get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And while it doesn't cure my, complete anger at the ending of Splat where she says, if you are single in this town after a certain point, there's nowhere to go but down. There is Mm. something nice about the idea that the show ultimately wants to think it's about the relationship you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe, and just like that, we'll close that loop and make that true. I was going to say, I was like, girl, you couldn't choose yourself in Paris. And you only left because big, really? Like, came and gotcha? Well, that's why she had to trip him and say, I saved myself. Right, but it's like, girl, be serious. I know, and then now she's waiting, I think, was it five or eight years? Five. I think it's five. You mean for Aiden? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we did it. We did it. What'd you think of the fashion? So memorable, her dress. The watermelon dress that she, Mm -hmm. during the montage. Yes. My favorite look was actually Charlotte's look in Chanel when she's wearing the purple coat with the white skirt and then the the different tone of purple top. I thought Mm -hmm. that was really beautiful. And I also loved her Ralph Lauren sweater when she finds out about the baby. Yeah, it's perfectly Charlotte. And I thought they all looked great at the end when they're leaving. I loved Carrie's, like, dress with coat 
Samantha though looked a bit as I thought Samantha was not hitting any of her looks out of the park. No, I thought there was a scene in the brownstone, like when Steve says something about his mom or something mm-hmm. like that, and she just looked really beautiful. She wasn't Miranda. in like a spectacular outfit, yeah, but she just like her face and her hair. I like, thought she looked beautiful, beautiful when she was bathing her. Yeah, like her like she, hair. The light just, on her, her hair was good. Looked, yeah, whoever was lighting her in that house was very mm-hmm. happy. Did a great job. Yeah. In terms of men, we have Alex, Big, Harry, Steve, Anthony, and Paul. Hmm. Hmm. That's tough because this is our last time. I feel like you're going with Steve-O. I'm not. I'm going with Harry. I was going to go with Harry. Big, if he had gotten out of the car himself and not felt the need to do... I don't know. Absolutely just isn't iconic to me, so I didn't need to hear it again. Right. It's, yeah, it's sort of I would like Harry. when they brought back Addison on Grey's Anatomy and had her repeat the, like, and you must be the woman who's sleeping with my husband. They had her do a remix of that line. It's like, yeah. that worked once. We don't need to hear it a second time. Mm-mm. And it was really weird in that. Give Allow me a sidebar. She says... And you must be the interns who are ruining the program. And it's like, but that only works if she knows what she said to Meredith is an iconic line. So, right. like, are we to believe in her mind? She's like, I got like, her. Uh, when I said that to Meredith back at season one of this show, <laughs> I really did something there. I got to say it again. Right. People are really going to like this. Mm-hmm. All right. What would you give this episode out of 10? I'm going to give it... A nine and a half? I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. I love this episode. I love Mm -hmm. the ending. I think regardless of all of its flaws, it really works. It zips along beautifully. Really well paced. Tim Van Patten did a great job. And no matter how you feel about the sort of individual aspects of it, that final, the final like section of it does work. Mm -hmm. And then we get his name. John James Preston. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? JJP. It's the perfect name for him. I think it's a reference to like a famous director. I think it's Michael Patrick King's favorite favorite director. Um, Yeah, and it's sort of nice that it's like not this like crazy name. Oh, and of course we don't know that James Preston. We just know John. We don't learn James Preston until the movie. Which I so John to me is such a good name. I think James Preston really like helps make it like big. Yeah, like John little, is like, what something. are we doing here? <laughs> John's just like a strong name. Yeah, what would you give this season though out of ten? It's so hard yeah. to say because it's just gone on for us for so long. On and on and on, my heart went on and on and on. I know. I I don't want to say this, uh, but I'm going to say it. Probably like a six. I give it a seven. It's not my fave yeah. season. Maybe one day we'll rank the seasons. Maybe I'll do that on Patreon. I'll sit and think about ranking all the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I give it a seven. The high, high, the high highs are high, high, but the lows are low. And there's more of those. Yeah, I mean, never forget the long anticipated arrival of Doctor Robert. Oh my god! <laughs> Every week. He's coming. He's coming. Well, guys, we did it. This has been 92 episodes that we have covered Sex and the City. We are finished the original series. Thank you so much for listening. And 
making it along with us. We hope you'll join us again next week when we return to cover the first movie. We're jumping eight years into the future and seeing where the gals are. Yeah, I'm really excited. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can support us by joining Patreon at patreon.com slash shortcomingspodcast. And you can follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram. And I'm at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.